Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Lane. This is May. And today we're reviewing Snowbound with the Suffragette by Ginny B. Moore. This was just published in 2024. Can you believe it? No, especially because we're recording this in 2023 and that's gross. I know. And this is the third and a half book in the Flower Sisters series. We have read the second book in the series, which is called The Countess and the Casanova. And I will say that this book works as a standalone. Totally agree. Shock and awe. <laughs> and we did receive a complimentary copy for this review. And I think this is going to be the last of our Christmas novella, holiday novella extravaganza. So mourn with sad. me. Well, we, even though there's still many remaining days in the 12 days of Christmas, because the 12th day of Christmas is January 6th. <laughs> but you know what tomorrow, January 2nd is, Lane? Four days from now. National Science Fiction. I mean, excuse me, International Science Fiction Day. <laughs> the weather outside is frightful. But his kiss is so delightful. Sadie swore she wouldn't miss the ballrooms or her family's stifling expectations as long as she could devote herself to the suffrage movement. Preferring protests to promenades, she never expected to want to win a man's attention until a handsome activist challenges all her rules. Garrett can charm his way into anyone's good graces, but he finds himself tongue-tied whenever the prickly suffragette is nearby. He will do anything to prove himself worthy of her, including devoting himself to the cause she loves. When an unexpected winter storm traps them together, the temperature rises in more ways than one. Can a self-made Scot be enough for an Upper West Side debutante? I'll let you be the judge of that. <laughs> There's some stuff in this jacket that is not really on the page in the novella very much. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's bad or, like, inaccurate, but you don't know why Garrett got into the suffragette movement. He was he met Sadie through it, so he's not mm -hmm. a part of it for her, mm -hmm. but he's clearly made a lot of decisions about his ongoing support because of how much he likes her. Mm -hmm. um, you get a very passing reference to Sadie's past and, like, leaving her house, but the details are not super textual. And even the self-made Scott, like... You know his last name, and she, he makes a reference at the end to being a Scottish lumberjack, but the whole self-made Scott business is not super textual, which is not to say this is a bad jacket. I'm just saying this jacket gives you a lot of setup that isn't even necessary to the book. No. I mean, that's that's what makes this a, a good jacket, is that yeah. even though that stuff might not be in the book, it doesn't matter when you read it. Like, you don't miss that. You're not like, oh, no, I don't have enough backstory for, for, for Sadie and Garrett. I just almost wonder if this should have been, like, the prologue, <laughs> not the jacket. <laughs> it's fine. It's cute. I'm, and look, the important part is really the final paragraph, which is that there's an unexpected winter storm that traps them together. Yeah, basically, all you need to know is this is during the suffragette era in New York, snowed in during the holidays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's in New York. That's actually I mean, they do say Upper West Side. But yeah, um, this is a, a Gilded Age, I guess, romance. So just so you know, one of the things I really like about uh, Ginny Moore's Gilded Age romances, I've read two at this point, um, are that they are not focused on the robber barons. 
uh, that's one of the things that kind of gets me about Gilded Age romance is like I'm supposed to be like really into these ruthless businessmen, you know? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and that Garrett can like, work better for me than it works for you. Okay, yeah, I'm not like, a, like I'm just a, not into America. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, no, for me, it's like. I don't know why. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. Why does inherited wealth, like an earl or something, work for me? Whereas, oh, I'm a robber baron and I clawed my way up out of whatever and bribed Tannery Hall for whatever. Like, I'm just not into that. I don't like it. Well, and it's interesting because in both cases, obviously, dukes and robber barons got their wealth through unsavory an unpalatable means. Mm -hmm. I just think there's an element in the historical romances we read set in England where like, you just aren't asked to think about where the money comes from. Right. Like it's just glossed over. We're right. clearly a big part of the narrative with the U S robber barons is that they are quote unquote self-made. Right. And so it's, you're if you have any like historical knowledge, you're more readily confronted with who that means they stepped on. Mm. But, like ultimately they're not that different. <laughs> no, they're not. And like, it's, it's the same for a billionaire romance and contemporary, but I would never read a billionaire. I mean, I have read a few, but I don't like them, but I'm going to read a Dan I'm going to read a Duke any day, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just interesting that that's where your line is. Oh, totally. Yeah. Just saying. As usual, we generated a number between 1 and 25 for novellas. And this episode, that number was 5. So we both wrote five-word summaries of this book. I'll go first. Only one bed. Office style. I like it. Thank you. Here's mine. Oh, no. We're snowed in. Love it. Nailed it. <laughs> That's my impression of both Sadie and Garrett. Just, I loved only one bed in the office. Yes. <laughs> but I couldn't write only one bed in the office because that was six words. I know. I was just like, these people having a single bed in their office is hilarious. Oh, it's it's wonderful. I love it so much. I love it so much. Uh, tropes. Snowed in, which is, as you know, a subgenre of the weather-related forced proximity. <laughs> Trump. But it's really fun because weather-related forced proximity usually involves damp and or cold. In this case, it's and. Um, so obviously stripping down, sharing body heat, all of those things are necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I, just I, speeds up the sexy times. I love it. I, I'm going to be honest. I love a weather-related forced proximity, but I especially love a snowed in. Sometimes I call it an, oh, no, it, it's getting cold out here, so we have to take off all our clothes. Yeah. Love it. This is that one for sure. Yep. Yep. I love it. Um, there are so many sex microtropes in this mm. or like romance microtropes. So at one point, both of them make allusions to the fact that they are hungry, but not for food. <laughs> so great. I thought you said you wanted breakfast. And then he goes down on her. He's like, oh, I do. <laughs> cool. Oh, so cool. I loved it. They have both been pining for each other for months and months and months. Yes, it has been desperate crushes, and both of them think the other is not interested. 
Yeah, this it's a very novella pining, mm-hmm. which uh, worked really well, obviously, since it is a novella. Yeah, because I think a lot of the, the miscommunication and the central conflict stuff would have been annoying if I had to read through it in real time. But reading about it as a reflection didn't bother me. Yeah, miscommunication. There's a there's miscommunication in this one. Um, it works because we've talked about this before. We will talk about it again. When the author calls it out themselves, you're like, OK, author, she knows what she's doing. Yep. Um, and in this case, the miscommunication is over the fact that the hot lady he was with is clearly a girlfriend, but trope, no, it's a blood relative. <laughs> so Are you were courting that beautiful blonde I saw you with. My sister? <laughs> you didn't let me introduce you to her. Why did you invite your sister on our date? Loved it. Loved every fucking second of it. All of it. Uh, and then Lane has a special uh, historical trope that she calls, uh, oh, my God, pants, mm-hmm. which is like when the the woman shows up to ride a horse and she's wearing pants and you see her butt. In this book, it's an inversion. It's, oh, oh my God, skirts. She because, insists on only wearing pants. Yes. Normally so, she only wears pants. But today she's wearing a skirt and he's like, oh, my God. And then he decides he needs looser pants. <laughs> because his boners have become a problem. Yeah. And later she's like, God, if only he wore looser pants. <laughs> like, I would be less into his butt. It was fantastic. I loved it. I loved They're it. They're both just, like, so horny. It was fantastic. Yeah. It's a very horny book in the best way. Yes. All right. Let's talk about the book. One of the things I liked about it is that it was it was both a snow and an ice storm. Yes. So, like, they go out to, you know, wood, grab some wood, wood. <laughs> and they they the both, chuck. yes, they both just fall on their butts, and they're like, oh, shit. And then it takes forever to get back inside, mm-hmm. which I loved. Yes. But that's and when they're very wet and cold. and Exactly, exactly. And he's like, okay, well, we have a little bit of wood in here, not just in my pants. I'm going to make us a fire. Right. But then it's just so cold that and they're both naked and they, they need to warm up right so they're just in their under things and he's like oh my god i'll sleep on the floor and she's like that is absurd you will sleep in this bed with me and he's like with you and she's like i'm not sleeping on the floor <laughs> and then it takes zero times they fall asleep cuddling they are awoken in the middle of the night by her dry humping him in her mm-hmm. sleep Mm-hmm. And things just immediately take off from there. Amazing. And it has one of my favorite things, which is the first sex scene is all about her. Uh-huh. And she's like, can I help you? And he's like, no, we need to go to sleep. This is about you. And she's <laughs> like, I got two orgasms and you're still hard, but okay. She's like, I am tired. Good night. <laughs> and then she falls asleep like a goddamn badass. I loved it. You do. I loved it. And then, okay, we'll, 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 we'll I don't know. I know we're just like talking about sexiness right now. We're, we're this there. This is a true novella with like extremely no plot. Yeah. The, the barest hint of conflict is the miscommunication that he thinks she dislikes him because she's got class issues and like thinks he's a nobody and she thinks he's marrying his sister. And, <laughs> but there's also a sub conflict of he has recently quit his lucrative wall street job 
Mm-hmm. And he's trying to figure out a way he can still do the financial shit he's apparently passionate about, but that in a way that doesn't make him feel like he's supporting the robber barons. Which, and I that's, mean, that's that's the whole conflict of this book, you guys. All we can do is narratively tell you how and when they fuck. <laughs> but, like, again, Lane, that like, if that's his, he's like, oh, no, how can I ethically make money in the stock market? Fuck. <laughs> yes, thank you, Garrett. <laughs> in my pants. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so the, one of the things I really like and it was amazing was they they do decide to um, go all the way. They're like, yes, we're gonna like. They've been just doing like other stuff. That's again, we've talked about this before in novellas about how they are really leaning in on like the non-penetrative sex, which is yeah, thumbs up. And Ginny Moore does that here, which is great. But then she's they're also like, okay, let's have sex. It's like we want to. And they talk about contraception. They're like, what are we going to do? And then they're like, wait a minute. We've been passing out condoms because we're fighting the Comstock laws. We have a drawer full of condoms. I just love the idea that, like, this woman's, like, voting organization is also essentially Planned Parenthood. <laughs> love it. No it's issues. No notes. And they're like, look, we have plenty of contraception. Let's use it. And they do. Good for them. You know, mm-hmm. so then they get uh, walked in on the next morning. And I really liked the way the conflict in the second half of the book was handled, because like the mm-hmm. first 10 percent is like, oh, no, we have crushes and they're unrequited. The middle part was, oh, my God, we're snowed in together. Let's bone. And then the end was like, OK, we need to leave our office. <laughs> 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 and he's like, OK, I have to figure out what I'm doing with my life before I can talk to you about it. But again, novella and this takes place over like 12 hours. So whatever. And she's like, I'm going to go have an anxiety spiral about if he really cares about me. But it's not like prompted by any one thing other than her own fear of abandonment and anxiety. Mm-hmm. I love that. Give me more like heroin recognizing she's insecure, but knowing it doesn't mean she trusts it anymore. Well, and like I again, I, like I said in the trope, like this this is miscommunication. Like she needs to just go to him and be like, hey, like, are you into me? Like what's and going on? And she does. And she later does later that day. <laughs> she does later that day, but she also is like, I recognize that this is me, like being really nervous and I've always thought that I wouldn't do this, but I am and I'm freaking out about it. And it was I loved it. Yeah. I really liked it. Like I this was really fun and really well executed it was not complicated Mm-mm. i do not mean that as an insult nope no nope are there any content warnings lane i think any and all of them would just be like welcome to the suffragette movement <laughs> right like it was not a fun time to be a woman yeah yeah but, but Garrett I mean, does his best <laughs> he does and his best is real good yeah, good for him. Uh, sexiness. It's also real sexy. It's so good. <laughs> I know. I loved. I I love the number of things that Ginny Moore manages to like call out. Yes. Because in addition to calling out the tropey misunderstanding, the first time she gets him naked, and she's like, "Are you, what? I thought you worked on Wall Street." And he goes, "I go to the gym." <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was really funny. She's like, you look like a lumberjack. He's like, I don't know what to tell you about these thighs. <laughs> and then they just lean in at the end. Like, everything about it was, like, cute and funny and, like, just well integrated. hmm Yeah. I really liked it a lot. I 
I feel like I honestly feel like there's not much more we can say about sexiness that we haven't already said because this is this is a novella. It is a sex book. It's a snowed in together. So we're gonna fuck book. I really liked it. I mean, I guess for somebody looking for a more objective critique, his like flirtation language is teasing. Mm-hmm. I do not mind that. I did not mind it. But I think some of the misunderstanding came from the fact that he like picks on her and other people as like a sign of affection. And she does have abandonment issues and comes off as like short tempered and snappish. Mm -hmm. And so this book is them overcoming like they both have sincerely liked each other. Like there's no neither of them are insecure that the other person like secretly fucking hates them. Yeah. But they just don't think it's a like viable romantic prospect, partially because they both are so misinterpreting the other's behavior. If that sounds like it is not up your alley, I don't know. Like I don't think it's a content warning situation. It's just I hope that's not everybody's. I thought you were gonna be like, I don't know what your problem is, but <laughs> no, I just like I'm not sure how to categorize that, but like that's sort of the setup. Yeah, but I like. I mean, I look it, with that as the setup. It was pulled off super well, in my opinion. Yes. Right. Cause there have been times that I can read something and I'm like, Oh my God, like just get over yourselves. And partially because this was, as you said, like set in, it was a novella set over the course of like 24 hours total. Mm -hmm. And they had this history. I think what was really good too, is that they did have the history together, but it wasn't like told in flashbacks. It wasn't too much exposition. It wasn't exposition yes. heavy. Um, so you did feel like they had a history, but you didn't have to read too much of it. I don't know. It, it, it really worked for me as a novella. Totally agree. There you go. It's a great New Year's Day novella. It didn't actually take place on New Year's Day, but... It takes place two days before Christmas. There you go. <laughs> Happy holidays. Thank you guys for listening. Oh, wait. Do I do a candy cane rating? No, it's not Christmas. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>